there. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. And boy, is it. This is that time of year where we have our summer. People don't believe it, but we get our nicest days in the middle of winter for everyone else. And uh, it was a good one. Um, hey, everyone. This is Liza. And, and uh, yeah, you, you may... You may say, like, oh, quit bragging about your good weather and shit, right? But I'll tell you, we also had today an earthquake, or that was last night, an earthquake that knocked one of my motorcycles off the wall. And then today, everyone driving to the beach, um, somebody got, there were two, like, six-foot big boulders that fell on them on Highway 17 today. Oh, so damn. there is a price we pay for living in paradise, just so you know. Well, um, stay home, kook. you guys it's crazy did you guys all feel the earthquake last oh yes that was a that was a good one it was like just suddenly a kick in the ass yeah that was good um but let's earthquake about that time in the morning thank you very much (laughs) let's get to who is with us tonight because uh we've got some stories to share because we opened up the garage today, so let's first say, hey, joining us, it's Miss Emma. Oh, hello, darling. Hello. No, I'm Hello. thrilled to be here, and uh, some say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh, um, no, you're not. Absolutely. No, we had a good day today. We we had a thoroughly agreeable time, and we're gonna we're gonna talk all about it. You when, know. Liza is finished with the introductions. You know what would have made today a little bit better, Emma? Uh, wank or a spank? <laughs> no. If, <laughs> yes. if we were joined yeah. by Bagel. The Bagler! Aww. I know. I wish I could have been there. I wish and, you could have been there too. But, but I'm coming to you from the earthquake-free Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Let's Please see, help. and looking fancy in his little uh, beanie hat. It's Rick. Hi, it's Rick. Are you, you keeping warm up there in the frigid north of California? You know, it's Auburn's a trip, too. It was, you know, cold as shit for weeks and weeks, and then mm-hmm. about a week ago it snapped, and we got the surprise summer, too. We were at 70 today, I think, at one point, and I was like, what the hell ever? Man. But can't complain. It was pretty. It has been nice. Um... And also joining us from his shed, it's Naked Jim. Hey, what's up? Uh, Emma inspired me, so I'll go John Lennon too. Count your age by your friends, not your years. Yes. Count your life by your smiles, not your tears. Unless you ride dirt bikes, then you will count your years and minutes by tears as they come out of your eyes as you're in pain on the ground. But anyway, otherwise, yeah. Oh, can I join in? Yeah, sir. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> but it's so nice. Imagine this. The weather's so nice now. This is one of those weeks I would have snuck up to Big Sur and ridden up on Pruitt Ridge and camped out because no one would be there midweek because it's January. Mm-hmm. Except it's all closed, as it we found out last closed. weekend. But I did want to share, I did go for a little ride yesterday. I know I got some flack last week for going for a ride. You know what? Hypocrite. Screw, screw you. <laughs> We're riding easy. We're taking it easy. And Hypocrite. we took the KLR 650s up into just the local here hills here and went and discovered and found some more dirt trails and did some exploring. And uh, 
got to like jump a log and go through some mud and had a good old time. And of course, as every ride should include, there was sausage. Yeah. You know, that's, that's actually quite brave of you, Liza. Saying saying the word sausage and log in the same <laughs> sentence. It so, sounds yeah. like a Coralitas trip. It sounds like you're up in yes. Coralitas. Live to ride. Sausage goes a long way. Ride to eat. That's our motto. Uh, nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, got got out a nice ride with the KLR. One thing uh, to note, and I wanted to share this with, with everyone. I am not a religious person. I'm not somebody who has, you know, like, faith so to speak i'm not somebody who believes in many superstitions or any of that kind of stuff but there is one i do believe in and um i'm going to encourage more people to believe in this one maybe you guys already do but as we were getting ready to go on the our ride yesterday i had been planning on taking the 690 enduro which i have not yet actually taken out on a ride I got new knobby tires on it. I've got it all kitted up, a new seat. I've like done all the things. It's ready to go. And I got on the bike to ride, <clears throat> started it, starts right up, fuel injection. Of course it did. As soon as I put it into gear, oh, it dies. Oh, oh, what happened? Put it, and start it up, clutch in, holding the clutch in, put it into gear, oh, it dies. I'm like, ah, crap. There's something, something's wrong. And I'm feeling around and I'm not that familiar with the kickstand sensor. It seems like a kickstand sensor but I didn't see anything that I recognize as it like a little button. Most kickstand sensors I've seen were like an actual button that gets pressed. I uh, couldn't find it, but this is where my superstition comes in. If you were going to go for a ride and your bike suddenly has developed a symptom that didn't exist before, I take that as a sign that I should not be riding that bike today. That's why it's always good to have the mighty KLR, as John calls it, the cockroach of the motorcycle world because it is always ready to go. <laughs> we'll survive anything. But um, yeah, just just something you know. I I just think more people should have, regardless of how much faith you have in your life. That is one thing I always encourage. If there's something not quite right with your bike, maybe now is not the time to ride. Right, or at least ride that bike, <clears throat> or or yeah. at least it's a sign that you should go through it before you ride. How about that? Yeah, and I did find it was, um, with Emma's help, it is a kickstand switch, and it has a, a magnet that's held in with a bolt, and I think when I changed the tires the other week and had it on the lift, it dislodged that magnet, like, slightly, enough so that it came out of range for the switch. Like, yep. so slight. <clears throat> um, yeah. <clears throat> in that vein, it's funny you mentioned magnet, is the last time I had that happen, I was on the FC1, last time the FC1 saw the freeway. We were heading down to Monterey, and I remember when I first turned it on, you know, you hear the the pump, the, the you know, the ignition, whatever, the yeah. electronic valve turned on. Fuel pump. And then, um, yeah, fuel pump, thank you. And then I heard a little bit of a whirring, a very slight whir, almost like a the bad bearing in a radiator fan. And I'm like, huh, it's curious, but eh, nothing crazy, no big deal. So we went down the freeway, and about 20 minutes later, it stopped charging. And I think that slight whirring were the magnets beginning to fucking mm. grenade in the middle of the stator. But had I been like, huh, it never whirred like that. I should take another bike. You know, that wouldn't happen. So, yeah, little well, things are. The other thing I find, if there's something not quite right with the bike and you're like, 
all geared up and people are waiting. You want to go, you're rushing and you're not going to be through and take your time and make sure it's good. So that's just some advice I share that maybe that is a good superstition to hold that if something's not quite right, maybe there's a, it's not quite right. A bigger reason, a a bigger, somebody's looking out for you. That's what I think. I think it's one of my grandmas. That's what I think. Um, but hey, in big news, we we reopened the garage. We are still um, in our you know pandemic here, still um, in as much of you know stay at stay in shelter orders, and uh, so we we opened it by appointment only. Only had two people with appointments today. We were able to take care of everyone and be safe. Not a lot of people, you know, not a lot of people there. No one con- convening together. But we had a uh, Brendan who bought a new to him. Uh, um, uh, Weestrom, six fifty. Yes, potentially a very nice bike. Mm-hmm. He got it for a great price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but- this is his big boy bike. This was this is his second bike, so he's moving up from the three ninety, which was his first bike, and it needs a good going through, and it has some bits. I mean, you know when when they pull up and the license plate is is dangling by one bolt, like you know ah, we're gonna have to go through everything. Yeah, come here, buddy. Let's get some zip ties. But uh, Emma helped him make a list of everything he's going to need, like tires and seals. And uh, and there's some big, yeah, yeah. There's, it, it was not necessarily a long list, but it was quite an expensive list. So we had mm-hmm. two tires, mm-hmm. chain and sprocket, mm-hmm. fork seals and bushes, um, brake pads all around. Uh, what else? Oh, rear shock. Oh, yes. Very bouncy. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's just a lot. But I think, you know, he's going to throw a couple of grand at it. And of yeah. course, being able, with our guidance, doing all the labor himself, he's going to save a great deal of money. I think he's going to come out on the right side of the ledger. I really do. I think it's I... an opportunity, yeah. too, to put nice tires on. Mm-hmm. To put, well, you know... Well, it's it's good because if you buy a bike with worn out tires, it's not a tragedy because you, you somebody else has worn them out, and so you get to choose. You get to choose, Rick. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know it had kind of semi knobby tires on it, and it's like Brendan, what what kind of tires do you want? What kind of are you just going to ride writing? it on the street? Yeah. And he said, I'm just going to ride it on the street. So now we'll put street tires on it. Done. Yeah. You would have wanted them anyways. Yeah. You know? But he did. Um, he was the recipient of something from the garage today. Um, you know, we've got so many things that have been donated, and I appreciate everyone who's donated. He was the recipient of contempt from you, like, <laughs> like everybody um, else. No, he, his, the virus. his bike came with um, side cases. But he didn't have a top case, and I pulled out a nice big top case that had been donated to the garage. It had the keys, and it also inside had the mounting plate for the quick release. So he was able to drill out the holes on his uh, on on his bike and to mount that onto his bike. And he has a nice helmet-sized top case for his bike. And then a friend of his came by and. He was able, he's a new guy. He was asking about his first bike and I was able to drag him in and, and give him some gear. So he was able to get some gear from the room for his uh, potential first new bike. Um, And then also the neighbor, Evan, he also needed chain and sprocket on his bike. So um, yeah, it was really nice, a nice day to be able to help people in the shop, 
And, you know, it was just, it was really just about business, getting stuff done. Except, yeah. Did I see a, a Harley Davidson there today? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, um, Marine Dave came by to change out his headlight. Yeah. So yeah, we were, it was, it was a, it was a perfect day. It kind of went back to the early days of the garage when I only had a small handful of people, one or two coming by and we just worked on bikes except for when Emma and I went, uh, two up on the scooter down the street with a chihuahua in hand (laughs) to go get lunch. (laughs) Where did you guys, I swung by to to donate a jacket. Someone giving me a jacket and I, I dropped it off to donate, but you guys weren't at the taqueria. Well, our taqueria was so full. We went to the one down the street. I feel like I'm cheating, even though it's just two blocks away. I feel like I'm cheating, but, um, cheating yourself because our taqueria is that good. It is that good, but there was a line. Out the door. Eating's not cheating. Like. It was good weather. But you know what? It was a great day in the garage, and it's so nice to be able to just uh, take the time and instruct someone and show somebody. Like, I showed Brendan how to use his center stand. I showed him how to use the drill press. Like, he never, he didn't know how to use a key, chuck key, in the drill press. Like, to just be able to take the time and work with somebody and to teach them everything. Um is such a great and fun thing, which is which is why which is why I have the guest with us today, who is also somebody who likes to teach. In fact, he doesn't know it, but he's going to be teaching somebody in this room soon. Joining us all the way from the the cold climate of uh, Are you in Cleveland? Uh, you're still muted. Yeah, you're. I think you're. You're. In Cleveland, you're, I'm sure you're one of Phil's guys, right? It, yeah, you are still muted, so you're gonna have to figure that out. But joining us is Steve Noble from Noble Moto. Yeah, still not working. Hello, how are there you? It is. Oh, there we go. Hey. There he is. Welcome. Hey, Steve, All how right. you doing? Yes. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Yes, I am in Cleveland proper, and it is cold here. <laughs> there you go. All, no, all the things we love to come there when it's warm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great place when it's warm. It, oh, it we is. love Cleveland in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, AMA vintage days to be specific, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's July time. So Steve, Noble Moto, you want to yes. tell everyone what Mo- Noble Moto is and what you do. Noble Moto. Uh, I have some weird audio right here. Hang on. Um, there we go. Noble Moto is my little side business. I started at Skidmark Garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, are you guys hearing the extra audio on your end? No. Okay, cool. Well, I'll just keep talking then. No, you sound um, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Noble Moto is my own little side hustle that I kind of started through Skidmark Garage, mm-hmm. uh, which Brian Schaffer owns. Which, yeah, we met him at AMA Vintage Days, which is really cool. He sets up an yeah. actual shop that people can come and work on their bikes during vintage days. It's a nice co-op garage space. And I think Emma, last time you were there, you kind of got sucked in and we're working on people's bikes there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah. yeah it's a great cool setup there. Yeah. yeah great space. Cool. Yeah. He's got like about 10,000 square feet there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people come in out of there and have different, uh, you know, different bikes, different problems and whatnot. And, um, yeah, so I started kind of teaching people, you know, it started with one-on-one maintenance, and then from there it went to, uh, you know, carburetors, uh, I've done suspension classes, customization, you know, things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's really taken off. 
Yeah, no, that uh, that is something. I mean, with the trend of the co-op garage spaces where you can go and rent the tools and use a space, it's great. But then there's there's that disconnect because a lot of people still need to be shown how to do things. So that just opens up the whole door for people like you who are going to teach. You want to talk about some of the kinds of classes that you've developed? All my classes pretty much are based at Skidmark Garage here in Cleveland, Ohio. Skidmark being the community garage here in Cleveland, Ohio that Brian Schaffern runs. Um, it started as just kind of a little like one or two time thing. You know, I was going to teach uh, one-on-one maintenance to people, uh, some of the members of the garage. And then from there came a carb class, carburetor class mm-hmm. and suspension class. And I did mm-hmm. a one-on-one customization class and some exhaust installs. And um, the feedback I've, uh, you know, the response I've got from people has been huge and it's been extremely rewarding to teach people. And even the feedback I've gotten in response from the industry to Super Trap sponsor some of our classes. SNS sent me some warranty return engines that I do a twin cam teardown on so people can come oh, in and awesome. literally, that they is literally right. disassemble a V twin and put it back together. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's been that. It also during the pandemic it spanned off into I did an online electrical class through Course Craft, and then I have a YouTube channel, uh, as everyone does. Uh, where I do just install videos, which is usually just whatever's going on with my own personal motorcycle and my wife's bike, uh, whatever projects I'm working on. I usually just shoot videos based off of that. I think I think that's great. And there's there's so many things as we've learned that you can't just learn from a YouTube video, like um, getting broken bolts out, stuff like that, you know, and mm-hmm. really teaching just all the, the, the tools and the, the methods and stuff like that, it, it really helps to have somebody who can answer questions and kind of give you a little better instruction, you know? Um, and well, okay. with a lot of my classes too, it's not even the instruction. Like I, I put tools in people's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want everyone to get their hands dirty and get involved. Like I'm just going to show it to you. And then we have bikes, we have carburetors, we have stuff for you to work on. So Get in there, turn the bolt the wrong way, break the bolt <laughs> off, strip it out, you know, screw stuff up, and we'll explain. You'll learn how to do it wrong, and then yes. how, to, how right. to do it the right way. That that is my method. I like to let people do it the wrong way, and then yeah. teach them the right way. Uh, Emma's method is you just walk away and do it herself, and then come back and hand it to them. <laughs> well, no, not always. <laughs> well, that's always for you. True. But, you know, it, uh, <laughs> in points of frustration, sometimes it's not always bad. Yeah. Um, but no, what what we find is valuable, and I know this will resonate with you at, at Recycle. We do like people doing it themselves, and often it's just the knowledge that I'm there hovering around, which gives people the confidence to get stuck in with jobs that are completely out of their depth. Yeah. And I always say absolutely to them, right. I, I, I say to them, don't worry, I'm not going to let you get too bent out of shape with this. And I'm just, I'm hovering around, you know, when we're busy. You're absolutely with- right. It's, it's giving the people that confidence, which is really yes. the key. The, the confidence and the ability to say, hey, when I come, ac- when I come across a problem, I will you know, hopefully be able to solve it. That is worth more than, you know, knowing what tap drill size goes in what in all the technical knowledge in the world. And, uh, yeah, I try to give people that confidence. I'll just, you know, when they're working on something, I'll tell them, like, oh, just let, let me know if you get stuck, you know. And a lot of people, uh, they're very determined. And um, 
you know, the uh, guys are a lot more stubborn, but women are real quick to ask. Uh, women are much better to teach, too, my dad. <laughs> um, not to insult the guys that have taken my classes, but the women are so much better to teach because they go through there and there's no ego. And then they're just like, oh, wait, what is this? Check on. Am I doing this right? Yeah, you're doing good. OK, good. And then they, they keep on going. Uh, and it's it's a great thing. I love it. You know, and I'm a huge supporter of women writers. My wife rides, my aunt rides. Um, so it's a big deal. You know, and it, it's funny because having been in the industry for so long and recognizing that skill and confidence, you've got to carry both equally. Mm-hmm. Women and guys carry that skill set differently. The women, certainly at the recycle, tend to have a little less confidence, but in a lot of ways are actually more skillful. The guys are coming in with tons of confidence but not necessarily quite the same attention to detail as the women. You know, you find that? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely, the women definitely will, will pay attention to detail more. And there's more of the stop of, you know, are are you sure this writer, you you know, especially on junk bike that they're working on, they'll find things like, should this be okay right here? And I'm like, no, no, that was screwed up from when we got it. Or that was screwed up from another class. Whereas uh, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of other people come in there with a lot of overconfidence. And, you know, they still get through it, you know. Oh, yeah. But um, w- well, women definitely have a knack for this stuff. You know uh, what they, You know what women are better at across the board is they're not going to over-tighten something. Making babies. No, they're not going to over-tighten oh, something. Did you like, go there, Jim? <laughs> no, 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 so, no, before we even go to the making babies conf- comment, uh, I just had a woman in my twin cam class. And I was standing there watching her torque down the case bolts on it. And I'm thinking like, man, she's really pulling on that thing. And oh. ching, she snapped one of the uh. case bolts clean off this thing. And she you know, starts to apologize. I was like, no, no, it's what they're here for. And I was like, hey, let me see that torque wrench. And I look at it and it says, you know, Pittsburgh tools on it. And I was like, oh, well, um, there you the go. Problem. You know, Thank I don't you, know who donated you. this, but this is now going in the trash. But yes. the, the, they have the ability to break off bolts. Believe you me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, well, we uh, the advantage was she then we took the engine apart and then she got to learn how to remove broken bolts and to chase out threads. Well, so when, it was a learning experience all around. When yeah. we were helping uh, Brendan today, he was tightening something down and he's like, "How how, how tight should I make it?" I said, "As tight as a thirteen year old girl would," and Ooh, he got it. He understood what that meant, like about there, <laughs> like because guys are just fine in general. They just crank. Pretend you're a 13 sure. year old girl. That's how much strength and it, it worked. But um, yeah, women certainly can. But in general, I find that women have a much softer touch on the wrenches. And sometimes it's the right touch. Um, but it's great to hear that you do have women coming. So tell us about the kind of people that are showing up for your classes. I have had everyone from a 16, 17 year old kid take my class. Uh, all the way on up to retirees that just want to learn things. One guy was a retiree that uh, was a retired nurse for the VA, and he just he bought an old Triumph and learned more about carburetors. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a handful of attorneys take it. Uh, <laughs> I had the CEO of a, a larger corporation here in Cleveland uh, take it because he wanted to learn more about this carburetor on his four-wheeler. Um, so it's it, there's been, you know, the punk grunge girl. There's been... You know, the old biker dude, like it, every single person you would ever encounter on a motorcycle has taken this class um, or taken one of my classes at some point or another. Everyone's welcome. And it's 
it's been fantastic. There's even been LGBTQ people there, um, everything. So so this is my cue to insult a, a whole group of sure. people. Um, but, oh, God help us. But I'm going to see if Rick will agree with me on this. Because Rick is our, our big twin guy. Oh, I I'm think, a big twin guy, so I understand. I think yeah. the group that needs this the most is the big twin group. Because I hear all the time of people who have like some little issue and they take it to the dealer and spend hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars trying to find that squeak or something. And I I don't know why there so many people I know of are afraid to get on into their bike with a wrench and, and basic tools. This is the group that I think needs it the most and should because how difficult is a big twin to work on really? V twins, the the domestic V twins, are probably the easiest motorcycles I've ever worked on in my life. Rick, do you the, agree the, with the, me that that people are just afraid to get in there at all? Absolutely, absolutely. I go. remember when the Milwaukee Eights came out and everyone was terrified of that. And then, oh yeah, they all, they all claimed the oil system was bad. Yeah, right. You know, something. Yeah, it was weird. You know, and we had one fail, and they flew a guy out from Milwaukee. And it was like, we did a stage four on it and something happened. And he was like, here, put this oil pump in that I'm not going to tell you about. And then we do it again and put it together and everything's fine. But, you know, the the V-twin stuff does break. That's the thing. And everybody's got to fuck with it. There's this disease with Harley Davidson, you know, and and I have it too. I mean, shit, it's a thing. Harley tags. Oh, yeah. I I got Diana. It's customized out. I understand. Did motor work to it. You know, and I, so many people would benefit from knowing what the hell a torque wrench is. I mean, but, start there. but to both of you, to Steve and Rick, is I do work on Harleys, and Rick, you know that, and mm-hmm. occasionally they'll come across my bench. It's not the lion's share of my work, and I agree that they're very, very easy motors. In a lot of ways, they're easier than my beloved Brit bikes, mm-hmm. um, but they are quirky. There are definitely there definitely are a list of faults that V twins will suffer from, but occasionally they'll just show you throw you such a frigging random fault. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I had a tour glide come in with zero oil pressure, just no oil pressure at all, and I thought it's the gauge, so I screwed on a. Uh, manual gauge no oil pressure and to cut a long story short what had happened was the right hand main bearing had walked out of the case and the crank was flapping up and down and it destroyed the oil pump yeah a little support plate that was a low mileage engine yeah wow those cranks are not bulletproof those bottom ends i'm really sorry to say and you know everything was in perfect condition the main bearing the crank even the casing you know, we basically mm-hmm. we we pressed the main bearing back in and had to replace the oil pump because the crank had been flapping up and down. But it's it's weird stuff like that that they do they just once in a while. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, I mean, essentially, they're very easy engines. And it's, oh, sure. it's, it's, it's like if you if once you understand how Harley put things together, it's pretty easy extrapolating and working on them all. Sure. You know, I think probably with some of the owners too, it's a big difference between if 
you bought a $2,000 CB750 versus a, you know, $18,000 Lowrider S. Oh, sure. You, you know, with, with the CB750, people are a lot more confident jumping in there. And, yeah. and you, the amateur mm-hmm. mechanic is, they're more confident jumping in there and putting wrenches to it and stuff. So yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. And then the, the V-twin market, then these guys never get that hands-on. Um and uh, I, they're definitely welcome at the class. I like so I, I bring my bike up there. I have a Dyna I bring up there sometimes. If because I always ask the people that take the class, what kind of bike do you have? You know, ahead of time that way I can tailor it. So if I have a bunch of Harley people, if I have a bunch of sport bikers, right. if I have guys on old British bikes, um, you know, they can uh, I can tweak the the material and then hopefully make sure I have a bike there, whether it be mine or like a friend at the garage or something to for at least show and tell plus the the hands on bikes um so yeah so they're they're definitely welcome there but when that's why it's, it's so great to have somebody like you because i do know as you said if you're spending eighteen thousand, you're afraid of messing it up so as, as long as you have somebody there to kind of hold your hand walk you through mm-hmm. there's so much that people are capable of doing and i'm glad right. that you're that bridge so they can discover that they can do it but i think it's also um really a testament of how good the evo motors were I mean, much as I love shovel heads and AMF shovel heads. Oh, those were sweet motors. Yeah, they were, <laughs> but they were God. They were hands on. <laughs> they were, and you yeah. know, you know, I the Evo just came out, and basically the hands on maintenance you had to do to ride your Harley on a daily basis just went completely down. It's not dissimilar to modern Triumphs. And when I say modern Triumphs, anything made after 95, the John Bloor sure. Triumph, as opposed to the Meriden and before Triumphs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also have a, a 69T100R. So right. I, I understand what you're getting at there. Yeah, yeah, and the T100I is a very, very sweet little bike. But it's a Meriden built bike. And oh, yeah. it will it's... tell you all about it. <laughs> it definitely has its own quirks and its own system to it, without a doubt. Right. And it requires its own tools, as I recently learned. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, but, um, and I think if, if, if you, you kind of say, well, that's the equivalent of an AMF Harley, and then the John yeah. Bloor Triumphs are the equivalent of the, 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 the Evos and up. Um, I would, yeah. Especially when they went to Twin Cam with the, the V-Twins, like those things. I tell people they're usually, you know, it, they're usually, you know, metric bike reliable. Oh, um, sure. It, at least, at least after they make it past the initial, you know, factory, you know, yeah, factory screw up, you know, of, of the bearing backing out or something like that. Like after that, man, the, those things will go a hundred thousand miles. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would like to talk about some more of the classes and especially how you've oh, sure. been handling classes during COVID. So you're able to do online classes now? Um, I, okay. So while I do an online electrical class, which is really something I just wrote. And then I just kind of put it out there through course craft and people can pay a few dollars and they can take it. Uh, and it's really just explaining the, I, I, it's not interactive. It's just explaining electrical theory is, you know, I feel is the easy way to explain it to the person who has little to no experience with it. Um, it, I don't get into the electrical engineering of it, resistance of coils and all that, because the average person trying to check their, um, uh, average person, you know, trying to make sure the charging system's working. doesn't need to know that they don't need to know about the ohms of the stator on there. Keep it simple. So, yeah. so yeah, keep it simple. if somebody say has, um, 
a project they're working on and, and the entire wiring harness is out and they have no idea what they're doing. They have to put it all back together. Would you say you're going to be able to help them? Uh, through that course, that might be a little over their head. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really explaining uh, like, this you. is how you check voltage. This is the voltage. You know, your bike should be at 12.5 when it's off. 13 to 14.6 when it's running, you know. Um, so, Steve, by any chance, woo, yeah, by, sure, by any chance um, on your view on your phone, are you seeing just whoever is talking right now? Uh, I see, yeah. Yeah, so you. swipe, yeah, you see swipe to the left. You should be able to see everybody. No, yeah, you should be able to swipe, I think it's to the left, and see no, all, all the tiles. Oh. You didn't see what Jim was holding up while you were talking. Oh, he did because oh, okay. it is, in fact, Jim who needs the help and who has oh. signed up for your class. So and I think, do. Steve, I think I misunderstood you. I, I think you said because I think I'm on page seven now of Coursecraft. Yeah, and I, I, I think I heard you say that if you need to rewire a 1983 Honda Thumper. This is the online course that will, <laughs> that will guide you like a laser beam. And, Perfection. And, but, but, but here, I'll pick a – this is how beautiful it is. So I no, – no joke. I signed up for this class uh, about three or four days ago. Okay. And, I um, think I remember the, the notification, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. It usually comes with a warning. And um, – <laughs> but yeah, and I've, I've, been, I've, I've been reading page after page, but – Here's the beauty of it is it's hard to find this stuff, right? And and I have, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I have resources around. But at the same time, you want to figure it out on your own, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have to ask someone for help, you really want to kind of covet that and only ask for help when you really need it. And electrical for me, my brain, I just, I can't sort it out. It's been so difficult. But then I read a bullet point, you know, deep into your course craft electrical where it says, wires that are connected show this with a black dot. The ones that cross in the diagram are not connected, just cross. That was a stroke of brilliance for me. Then all of a sudden, I could read, like mm. I'm looking at now, as a diagram for a KZ400. Yeah. 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 So so anyway, yeah, I, I discovered your class a few days ago, and I've been deep diving into it. I think it's dynamite. I'm very happy it worked for you. And, you know, it hit me up with an email. This goes for anybody who takes the class. Oh, you have some super trap pipes there, too. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that super, looks well, like a, the aluminum universal. Yeah, there's his bike. See that. There's the bike oh, we're building out. Wait, is that 500 single? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been following that online. Yeah, that's that would be a good looking bike. That thing will sound good with that Universal on it. I actually I used to work at Super Trap in research and development, so I. Oh, that's that. why. There's, where's my flying car? God damn it! The flying. Oh, <laughs> that's a different car. owner. He he sold Super Trap. <laughs> uh, I'm use the money. <laughs> but before we go down that, I remember it's so funny talking about Skidmark because I remember when we were in Ohio at Vintage Days, is we we connected with Skidmark and we were like brother from another mother. Mm -hmm. It was like the coolest thing. And um, and then following Noble Modal, which is great. I follow you guys, Noble Moto, um, you know, on Instagram and stuff. It's it's really cool. And when Liza told me you guys were, you were or you were going to be a guest, I was like, holy cow, that's so cool. Because what yeah, you do is so much like like similar to we do. But then when, like, when it's like you, I was doing your electrical class, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I did I, it, though. It's he, great. It's so simple. You are literally the first person that has ever given me any response out of it after, like, a, you know, uh, I don't know, a few hundred people have taken it. I get, like, zero email response. People are just like, thanks. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, do they like it? Do they hate it? I have no idea. Yes. 
I'm Dude, like, well, I, I don't get hate out. mail, so they must be doing it. Must be I, doing I got it, the right. wiring diagram out for my Honda. I'm up with yours. I'm looking at the symbols. It was like, you gave me hope. I still, okay, you know, I'm still like a turtle on its back, but you have given me well, hope. So we all are in some way or another. Well, yeah. and you know what, Steve, there's <laughs> something that we, we like to do when we have a guest on, we like to give them advice they haven't asked for. So in this case, <laughs> we're very good at that. <laughs> we have, we have mechanics here. I mean, Bagel Rick and Emma are all very good uh, mechanics. Um, I think this is an opportunity for Emma, Rick and Bagel to maybe suggest to him some classes that you think he might should consider offering. And we'll find out. Maybe he already is. So you guys want to hit him up with some classes yeah. you think would be good? What do you think, Emma? Um, I mean, you cover the two big ones. Consistently, carburation and electrics are the things that fill people with most dread. However, information contained about tires. Yes, fitting them. 99% of people who graduate from MMI do not know how to fit a tire properly. In my 101 course, I have a whole section on tires. Um, I even have tires there when I have it highlighted on the side. And if I do shows, I take those tires with me. And the nice thing about these tires is like there's still a sticker on them and the date code says they're like 12 years old. Mm, right. <laughs> so I can show people like you see this. This is a brand new tire. It's got the tabs on it. It's still got the sticker on it. But this thing is 12 years old. You know, you explain Perfect. to them the date exactly. code, this and that. And I tell them this tire is garbage. If you were to put it on in the rain, it would be like riding in ice. Right. Um, and that but- is that and adjusting the clutch are probably the two most attention-holding things I have in the uh, 101 course. Exactly. I did, for the Women's Rider World Relay, I did an article on tires and the information about tires. The information contained, you know, what's a nominal width? What's an aspect ratio? Why is one in millimeter and another in inches? What are the old-fashioned, you know, the the old-fashioned measurements of tire? What did they mean? What's a date code? What's a ply rating? And people don't know these things, and people need to know these things. For sure. So it's it's a perfect. You can go into as much detail. You know, tires black and round, right? Uh, air yeah. pressure is the the one I I find myself talking about an awful oh, lot. Oh God, yeah. Because people have no idea what to run, or somebody told them to run a lower pressure in the back, or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no. Ninety percent of whatever the manufacturer recommends is a max max pressure in your tire 90 percent of that is 27 down to 75 percent is the optimum pressure range so if it's a 40 psi max tire put 36 in there mm-hmm. do that it will have give you long life it will handle good in the rain it will you know it will do all the things it is engineered but, to do but that's my suggestion you know tires okay. this is your this is your tangible lifeline to the road this mm-hmm. is where the rubber meets the road and they're so misunderstood and actually fitting them and fitting them with irons and showing people how to properly fit them with irons. Because let's be honest with Ooh. you, um, it's if you show somebody how to properly fit a tire with irons so they don't destroy the tire and don't destroy the rim, well, guess what? This is what people are going to be doing. Nobody's going to be buying hydraulic tire machines for their own garage. They're going to be buying tires and fitting them themselves and using a pair of tire irons to show them how to do it. 
And don't forget about the tubes either. I, I, I've we seen have a tire uh, machine at the garage. But yeah, that's but that's a good idea. But show them how to run the irons. Sure. I've seen Emma do the irons only a maybe twice total the whole time you've been there. I think Emma, I think you keep that in your back pocket because you've been changing tires for a long time. I don't know if you want to talk about that history, but when you see Emma <laughs> fucking change a tire oh, in like done it. like seven Ooh, minutes whoop. with <laughs> irons, you're like you got the straddle technique. Oh. You're using your knees and your oh, well, that's getting, you're no, doing that's yoga getting, on that tire. That's getting that's getting the 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 beads back on. Well. When I when I first started my my very first job at a bike dealership in 1978, which was my very very first job, it's like you were going to be doing tires. I'm like oh shit, and we didn't have a hydraulic tire machine. How crazy is this? This was a five star Honda dealership, and we did not have a hydraulic tire machine because it was 1978. <laughs> I bet you, know, you had some biceps, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so you'd get a CBX come in, you'd get a CB900 come in, you'd get a CB750 come in, and those early Comstars had a big bump, and you would have to learn how to, with the irons, actually pop the tire off the bead and get it off with the irons and not mar up those Comstars, because they were fragile. Mm, you know? Sure. Um yeah. And it's technique. It's all technique. And teaching somebody that is it's a fantastic skill for somebody to learn. Because if you can fit your own tires at home, even the most reasonably priced bike shop, and I'm going to be the reasonably priced bike shop, you buy your tires online, you take the wheels off your bike and take them to your local bike shop, it's still going to be 30 or 40 bucks to fit and balance that tire on a loose wheel. And if somebody can do that themselves at home and then show them how with a couple of axle stands and a rod, mm -hmm. how to balance their own tire at home, that's, that's real value for people. There you go. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So I want to yep. hear Rick, what's your suggestion for Steve? Um, I always thought, well, shit, Emma ran me. Well, Emma ruined my life. And <laughs> In so many ways, darling. <laughs> yeah, you're, you know, I'm going to warn you, Steve, you're headed down a path, just so you know. Um, okay. Your life's going to get exciting. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I always thought one thing that I learned with Emma that was cool was uh, we would talk about <clears throat> kind of not arbitrary, but kind of like zoom out on shit. And to the point where it was, hey, gaskets. And it just fucking zoom out. And it was, these are paper gaskets. Rule for this stuff, suck for this stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, here's a multi-layer gasket. Here's why this kind of gasket works. Here's why this one sucks. But the idea of being able to break stuff down to that, you know, and I just scribbled down like, you know, bearings and seals. Like a lot of people don't know the nuances of dealing with seals and bearings or even mm -hmm. in their transmission, like, when you got a bike up on the lift and you spin that rear wheel and they don't know what they're listening for, you know, it's, sure. it, that's kind of a rad thing to empower people with. I think too, it takes some of the, the mystery out of the shop. Right. Uh, definitely I mean, with the seals. You're definitely onto something there. And, uh, you know, give a shout out. Cometic is local and they've sponsored a few yeah. of my oh, things cool. too. So, and if uh, they can definitely a help me out that with that. 
Yeah, and if SS has a twin cam that you're able to like blow the top end off of a couple times or something, <laughs> it's like a killer opportunity to be like O-rings, gaskets, breather. You know, there's all kinds of shit. You know, sure. yeah, no, and Emma I will don't tell you. Hog this. Oh, I'm sorry. I, w- I was going to yeah. say I don't want to hog this, but it's a perfect example. If you're doing say wheel bearing seals, yeah, you know, people kind of grease the lip and then grease the seal to help push mm-hmm. it in, but in reality, you grease the lip. And you leave the mating surface dry because if you grease that, it's going to pop out again. So it's, sure. it's simple knowledge like that. And, well, and like, Emma, Emma will also tell you what is the best cereal box to use as a gasket. Oh, that's my favorite oh. gas material ever. Cornflakes. <laughs> cornflakes box. A cornflakes Done box it. for a Triumph is the finest gasket material the unit ever. never leaked again is this pre-hinkley triumph we're talking oh, yes <laughs> okay I, I just bought a gasket kit but i'm gonna put this in the back of my brain so. there you go. well and we have bagel our scooterist maybe bagel let's see if he'll go in the obvious direction or if he's gonna i've done some scooters hit us with a left turn too, so. bagel what cool. do you think he should offer well um i've got a couple of ideas um i i know you have uh, classes on carburetors but i was thinking that it would be really good to have uh, some classes on fuel system maintenance outside of carburetors as well, um, because the rest of the fuel system can cause all kinds of problems between the tank, the fuel tap, uh, the fuel lines. You know, there are lots of little subtle things that can be involved there that people don't know about, especially working with older bikes, <clears throat> that might be really good to uh, kind of go over what a lot of those common issues are. Um, uh, another idea that I had, which... Uh, since uh, because of scooters is would be a class on two strokes versus four strokes. I don't know mm. if you've thought about something like that, mm. but I bet there are a lot of people out there who really don't understand what the difference between the two are and what their strengths and weaknesses are, how they're put together, how the maintenance goes and stuff like that. So that might be uh, that, that would definitely be a good one, especially the two stroke. There is a, there's recently been a surge of a, we call it our uh, two stroke army uh, mm. out of skid mark, which is guys with old Enduros. Uh, nice. And then, of course, the scooter guys, too, um, yep. that you know, are tearing around on. But you might be onto something there. That's, that's All right. Cool. <clears throat> I'm going to make my suggestion for you. Sure. And this is one that a lot of people ask for advice. Not that many people need to do, but the more people know how to do it, the better. Removing rust from a gas tank. Everyone oh. hears the stories. Yep. And, you know, and you tell people, like, oh, you want to get your nuts and bolts. No, no, you want to use chain. No, no, you want to use this. And then, you, you know, everyone kind of has their has their thing. Oh, you want to fill it with cider. No, you want to fill it with acid. Then you want to wrap it in plastic bags and stick it in your dryer. I mean, everyone has their methods. All evaporust. No evaporust. No, I, I, I have a friend who did the dryer thing. He took, like, an old comforter I did and it. put it in there. I did put it. put his gas tank in there, and I was like, you were going to blow up your house, man. No. And he was like, oh, it'll be fine. And it worked? lo and behold, it yeah, yeah. It he's still riding that thing. I did I got, it. I, I, I wanted to yeah, check my, my friend Guy, he's still riding that Vulcan. I wanted to check a lathe at work the other day, and I got Ooh. yelled at. Yeah, same idea. <laughs> so that's something that I think is Believe. a fun project because people can restore an old tank. They don't even need to have the whole bike. Just sure. restore a, a tank. Idea. But that, that's a surplus of tanks at the garage. Too. That, that's my advice class. because it's kind no, of fun. Right. It's kind well, of fun. There's threads. 
you've got like a gasket at the top you got your fuel cap sure. whatever the fuck there's there's enough stuff to deal with you got a few things to wrap your head around with that's a red idea Liza. yeah thank sure. you very much well, i usually touch on the like your vacuum operated petcocks might do the yeah. carb class anyways you know because it's usually just as critical yeah. suck don't blow that's yeah. what i've learned yeah sucking is important yeah <laughs> jim did you want to throw out some unwanted advice oh me yeah Oh no, but I just, I'm kind of <laughs> curious because, well, no, I, I, you want to ask him an actual question then? Yeah. Either or. Well, no, I'm kind of curious. Well, it's kind of like a question we get at the garage a lot lately, it seems like, and he has such firsthand experiences. If you were setting up a garage, like say a recycle or a skid mark or whatever, a little, little neighborhood garage, what were the, what would be the first things you put in the garage? You know, what tools would you have? What would you do? Um, I mean, outside thing, the obvious of the workbench. Um, definitely sp- you don't have to buy new tools, uh, spend some time on your, you know, Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, whatever, uh, buy, buy a complete set of tools, a nice assortment of hammers, um, uh, every screwdriver you can find. Um, uh, and then I would say, you know, your spray lubricants, uh, you know, picks, punches, nice clean work surfaces. Maybe an air compressor. An air compressor is going to be good with your tires, but you know, for starting out, you could do things by hand. Small sets of files. You know, I would say things like that. Drills and taps as you need them. You know, no need to run out and buy a set of drills and taps. You know, right away. Um, I would say start with just your your basic basic tools, uh, and then you know buy as you need. So um, here's you know, a... I, that, that's interesting. You say it I'm, uh, is. Yeah is I've been doing that with this project is you buy as you need. And depending on what it is, if it's a one-off thing, right? Like you buy one, but as, as I need fasteners, I've kind of started buying groups of fasteners Sure. because you realize that, Oh, that wasn't actually the fastener fastener I needed as I moved this bracket to over here and little by little, um, you know, you end up with a collection. You just have to be careful. You just do it as you need it. I think that's sage advice. Like don't buy the windshield wipers when the fenders are still flying off. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you need to chase out one thread, you don't need the the full tap set. You know, you can just buy one tap till, you know, do the job you have, you know. And my advice to people usually, too, with, like, specialty tools is my own personal general rule is if I need it once, I'll put a thing out there on social media saying, hey, I need a bearing puller for a twin cam or something like that. And then if I need it again within a year, eh, then I'll buy one. Good call. So, oh, yeah, that is a great call. Talking about tools, I'm curious because I think we all have a different number in our head, but how many different hammers do you think somebody should have to be well have a well equipped shop? How many hammers do you think it takes? Think about it. There's a lot Four of different kinds. Five. Kind. Four or five. Name them. Around. Name them. Okay, you're you're gonna definitely gonna need your dead blow. Dead yeah. blow, yeah. Uh, you know, and not your rubber mount, but your dead blow. Uh, you're gonna need a brass hammer. Oh. Um, a ball peen hammer, mm-hmm. uh, and a BFH, you know, really big hammer. And, mm-hmm. um, I would say like maybe a little small, you know, a, a smaller tack ball hammer? peen hammer, like a, yeah, like a tack hammer. Yeah. A little leather hammers or like Ooh. a plastic. Yeah. Those things are real too. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll throw in there. Um, well you, you said big hammer, but I have sledge and I have rubber mallet and the dead blow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can never you can never have too many soft face hammers, uh, especially when it comes to motorcycles. You know. Sometimes the dead blow is back. is amazing, though. I, I do so. I use that I thing think, all the time. Mm-hmm. I think Jim 
admired my brass hammer. And I think going back a, a decade, Rick did as well. You, oh, were quite I, ta- you were quite taken with my brass hammer 10 years I ago. I fucking love that thing. Rick was waxing prophetic <laughs> about it, it I think, well. a week or two ago. Yeah, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, even. I, I, I think mm-hmm. Jessica's heard me talk about that stupid fucking hammer for about three years now. <laughs> I love it. Is this like a, it swings with I'm, a British accent. Bang, bang, like Emma's a brass hammer. Yes. No, I'm like a female Thor when I hold it. No! Boom! Oh, Thunder! <laughs> BSA Thunder. Yes. So, so you've, you've been doing classes online. Are you still doing classes live out there? Most of my classes are done in person. In person, um, so you can still do I have. That. I have scaled back notably uh, from where we were pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, you know, like with the... Um, with the twin cam class, I just do one person per engine. The engines are six feet apart. Um, everyone wears to wear masks in the garage regardless. But, but since we're also at times going to be invading each other's six foot space, definitely mm-hmm. masks. Um, and then the, the, 101, the 101 or entry level maintenance, whatever I'm calling it currently, essential motorcycle maintenance. Um, that one's usually just three people. I used to do four to five, but, you know, with the with personal space and uh, social distancing, it's important to, you know, back that off a little bit. Um, in the carburetor classes, I'm just doing like three, three people at that. So. So I have a question for you, Steve, you know, a lot of people who listen to Cleveland Moto listen to us and vice versa. Oh yeah. I know those guys well. Yes. And there (laughs) may be people listening now in your neck of the woods who've never heard you heard of you. I mean, as bizarre as that sounds, how much would it cost to take one of your basic maintenance classes, carburetor class, give some, give give our listeners an idea of what it costs. The essential maintenance class is eighty five dollars, um, and you will get oh, a handbook. Uh, it's like 40, 45 pages or so that I wrote, um, and it's PowerPoints. So there's a lot of data and just stuff to take home, um, torque specs and random tire info and stuff like that. Um, so you get a printed and digital version of that. Um, it's a three-hour class, and it's hands-on, of course. Everybody gets their hands dirty. Um, carburetor class is around 100 bucks because uh, it's just a little bit more involved, and it's two nights, and I periodically have to replace stuff with the carburetors. Uh, and then then the twin cam class is around 125 because I end up replacing gaskets and replacing bolts and uh, wrist pin clips and stuff like that. So plus it, the twin cam class is uh, three hours over the course of three nights. Uh, so right. there's a lot more time involved in that too. So I've never, that, so 125 is the most expensive class that we do. So it's usually called a hundred dollar range. That is extraordinary value for money. I mean, I know traditionally out East things are a little cheaper than California, but sure. Every bike shop pretty much in California is north of $100 an hour now. Um, the vintage shops are pushing 150 an hour. So, I mean, even around here, it's 90 to 100 an hour for the, the local mom-and-pop shop. And the, I think Phil over at Cleveland Moto is somewhere in that range. you know. Um, right. So this is extraordinary value for money for somebody. And, you know, we go back to the same thing. In order to to equip somebody and give them that confidence that they can, they can actually lay their hands on their own bike, it's 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 fantastic. You're you're Thank an you. angel, darling, an angel. <laughs> I, I try, I try my best. My wife tells me that sometimes. Uh, sometimes okay, good. Oh, 
Um, <laughs> um, you know, on a side note, I'd really like to go off on brief tangent about that. I recently was talking to Phil over at uh, Cleveland Moto. Oh, that was um, your and first we, we were talking about. Yeah, I know. Oh, we were drinking, so it was okay. <laughs> we, we were told what stories. What a surprise! And, I know. It's I all good and well until the pith helmet comes out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> luckily it's it's like a mile Phil and a half from my house, go. so I can walk home. Uh, nice. You know. Um, yeah, good luck with wait, that. I'm sure. Stumble. We home. were. T- we were. T- yeah, stumble home. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. We were talking about the effect of what I'm doing on the on this small garage shop. And I really didn't have a good answer for him at the time, but it, it, to to him or anyone else out there that's listening in the industry and says, oh, what I'm doing might be bad for the local shops. I know a lot of dealers make money on, you know, service. Um, is, you know, as Peter, the great Peter Starr once told me, you know, the thing we need to keep motorcycle alive is you need to get people involved in the passion. That makes them the 30-year owners. Right. So hopefully what I am doing inspires people to have more confidence in their bikes and go out and ride more and rack on more miles. So yes, the local shop, maybe you'll lose a a few oil changes because of what I'm doing, but hopefully it will come back to you in tires and new bike sales and brake pads and riding gear. Because now instead of riding 2000 miles a year, the motorcyclist has the confidence to go to that event on the East coast or go down to the Smokies or ride all the way across the country you build up um, the and community. to me you know with yeah the community and the passion and the confidence that comes with you know being able to travel on your motorcycle is to me traveling on my motorcycle is right. like one of my pure passions that and curvy roads the best um, thing about the industry is every single person has their place every single one from the giant mega store that's got 20 different brands who's generating all this interest and selling all these units because of course the service shop doesn't want anything to do with them when they get to five years old. And then you get to the high quality, smaller dealers like Phil's that Mm -hmm. work to a very, very high standard, but are a slightly smaller dealer down to the mom and pop stores, down to the one mechanic working out of a hole in the wall and then down to the own person's garage. Everybody's, got their place in this fucking yeah. wonderful opera yeah there, there's a niche sure. that you're filling and i think it's great. yeah absolutely I, I would like to know since um you know i think you align with what we're doing is trying to help keep old bikes on the road by teaching absolutely. the people how to maintain and, and and make them safer and better riders um i would like to know what you think if i if you had to pick one what is like the one perfect project bike that somebody can pull out of somebody's yard and learn how to do everything on oh the one perfect project bike mm-hmm. um it's hard to pick between two of them oh okay i'll, I'll allow <laughs> so, that well, I w- my personal preference if you want to ask mm-hmm. me what i would be the person perfect mm-hmm. project bike the harley sportster they're easy oh, to work on okay. they've only ever made like three sportsters totally mm-hmm. the, so the parts are abundant uh and they're easy to work on and that in if you if you yeah they're very forgiving if you can think it up somebody makes parts to do it to a sportster right so i i think that's a great part great bike for people okay. the other bike would be the cb350 because mm-hmm. there are literally something like 1.4 million of those things out there to work on and they are also simple they are super cheap um we use them in moto go brian's nonprofit, and mm-hmm. uh they're amazing little machines and 
you know, I, I've ridden them down the highway at full throttle for, you know, half an hour and that they don't even seem to know it. You know, the bikes just don't bat an eye at it. You know, they're invincible little machines once you get them right. Right. Uh, so that is, that is two. great. That is a great suggestion. And that's a bike deserving of being saved. What you got, Jim? I have another project question, right? Because we sure. love Ohio and we love AMA vintage days. I have a dream one day. We will return. The misfits will come in force to AMA. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be, bring Charlie and someone else that likes to ride fast. Yeah. I, want to, I, I want you to hear my idea and tell me if this is great and then give me some advice. We show up with at AMA with no money. We try to get a free bike that we can fix and race in the hair scramble. Right. So we find a bike or maybe we trade a six pack for it or something like that. God. And then we take it to Skidmark Garage, we put the work into it, and then we put Charlie on it and let him race the hair scramble. A, do you think, think that's a good idea? And B, what bike do you think we might be able to race? Uh, it's going to be like a DT250. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, I'm not the encyclopedia on vintage dirt, but I would basically say anything you can find that is complete. Moped. Uh, so yeah, the DT two fifty, Honda Elite, uh, yeah, the Elite, any of Honda those. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Elite. Throw, throw some Audis ah. on the Elite and just go for it. Right. You, know? Ah. you don't make money invested in it. Just have, have at it. You know. Do they make um, TKC eighties in that size? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably do for the kids' bikes. You get get yourself a tire groover and just make your own TKC eighties. Yeah. yeah, bust out the disc grinder and just go down on it. Go. I think I think if any place it could be done, it would be uh, AMA Vintage Days. You could definitely do that. Yeah, well, I think hope, so. hopefully, hopefully soon. I, I can't wait. And to get even back if there. not, there are plenty of dirt roads around that area. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh oh yes. That's a good oh yeah. This is true. Well, Steve, um, I want to make sure people know how they can look you up because noble is not spelled exactly like it sounds unless you nope. are a knight or a knicker um or a knee or a knife yes um, exactly. yes noble is k-n-o-b-l-e so noble moto is dot com would be my website and i'm on facebook noble moto forward slash or facebook.com the forward slash noble moto instagram noble underscore moto and YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash noble moto can dot well no dot com after that one just but you uh, don't you don't pronounce it Knoble like evil Knievel? <laughs> um the telemarketers <laughs> pronounce it Knoble. Oh, good call. point. Uh and the, the car warranty people pronounce it Knoble and Knoble. Right. But um <laughs> it is just noble. Uh so it's a fun play on words. Um, and actually, uh, side note, what I have to plug since I'm on here, uh, Moto Go, Brian's nonprofit mm-hmm. that is putting shop class back in schools, uh, is having a event, uh, a fundraiser in February. Uh, it's for a noble cause, ah. uh, them being the noble cause, but they're also being sponsored by Noble Beast Brewery, a local brewery that does not have the K. Um, and then, of <laughs> course, I'm involved, too. Uh, so, you know, we like bad puns. Um, so if you're involved, interested in a side note on MotoGo, that is, we are basically set up with a couple local private schools and charter schools, and mm-hmm. we have we either have the kids come to the garage or we take the bikes to them, and we take CB350s in the classrooms, and we put wrenches in these kids' hands, and we have them tear them down, 
regasket them, reassemble the things, and uh, you know they absolutely love it. And then at the end, they get the kickstart bike, and uh, it's far more interesting than working on you know lawnmower for these kids. So they get shop class, they get to learn how to use tools, they get to break things. And uh, with some of these kids, it's the most amazing thing. You can like see their futures change, see the light bulb turn on. It is the most rewarding thing I've ever been involved in. I like it. Uh, nice. I absolutely love it. So it, it's, if anyone it's, else is listening, check out MotoGo Cleveland too. It's very cool. And in fact, uh, we weren't going to announce it yet, but I'll go ahead and announce it because no one else sure. here knows. Um, the Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival that I'm currently working on for May. Uh, each of our film festivals, we pick a nonprofit that we raise funds for, and we have chosen MotoGo uh, to Oh, be the that is fantastic. Yes, Does Brian know? Exactly. Yes, he knows. Does Brian? Sh- okay, cool. Cool, cool. Yes, he I knows. will. Yeah. I'll probably um, see him tomorrow, so we'll bring it up. Yeah, so we're going to be working out all the details on that, but that's who I love so much what's happening there that we are going to be raising funds towards that and, and to help fund some of the classes. Well, Steve, I wanted to thank you for coming on and, and, and sharing your knowledge, um, but I truly love what you're doing and, and figuring out how to help people online. Like like Jim here is pretty cool. It's been great. Yeah, I heard yeah. it out. Yeah. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email, Jim. Uh, we'll, we'll sort things out, you know. Yeah, no, no. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's it, it just it, it's nice to see something that's so easy to understand, like, you know, and, and like not to get back into it, but like very shortly into the lesson, you get into troubleshooting, which is mm-hmm. really, you know, we want to plug stuff in and then see why it doesn't work. You know, you don't want to hear theory on, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, I, I do this stuff for, I'm a millwright by trade. So I do this stuff for a living at my, my real job. Um, and I heard a lot of people explain it and they go overboard in the tech and all that stuff. And you just confuse people, like give them a basic theory of what they're doing and keep it in the realm of what they need to know to fix their problem. You know? Right. And that's what I try to do with the electrical and then keep all my simple. classes, you know, you know, yeah, it's, keep it it's, simple. It's, it's, it's funny that this subject came up last week with somebody who's starting a co-op garage who's an engineer by trade. And, you know, my advice to them was just keep it as simple as you can. You know, take the standard that you want it fixed to and just back it off. Just back it off. Let people fall over a little bit. and Don't micromanage it. Mm-hmm. Um it's, Absolutely. It, yeah, because, you know, when, when you do your own job, like when I do my own job, it has to be done to a standard. But when people are just starting out, yeah, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make a horse's ass of it. And, you know what's um, interesting? If that That's stresses you out, it's going to stress them out. One of the biggest things I've learned, like from you, Emma, and everybody else, and, and it's helped me tremendously, is just use a quarter-inch ratchet, a quarter-inch yes. socket. I stopped breaking bolts like a year and a half ago <laughs> when I switched to a quarter-inch socket. Little things like that. So here's a revelation for anyone who's listening. And, I, God, I hope Steve's going to agree with me here and Rick as well. With the no. exception with the exception of, say, the rear-wheel axle on a single-sided swing arm, there is no need to ever use anything bigger than a 3 8 ratchet on a motorcycle. Uh, maybe head bolts, but yeah. Yeah, I, was about to say, I don't know. I mean, a head bolt's 45 foot pounds. Axles. You can put 45. No, I said with the exception of an axle. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, there's maybe, probably maybe a few things, mount. but 
by that point, you know what you're doing. Compensators. You know, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, if you're doing compensators or, or clutches There'll be a couple of buggers. Like but, yeah, or but you, you know, use a 3 breaker bar and a big long pipe and a, but, and a honky pair of overalls. But, you know, when yeah, people not, are starting off of the garage, <laughs> I give them a quarter-inch drive ratchet, and I say, you're going to be working with this. Right, but when I'm beating Jim, I find that the half inch is the better one. Oh, yeah. Well, Jim likes it. (laughs) Well, it's a lot better than that big-ass dildo you got hanging in the archway there. That's like an eight-pounder. That's like only when you have to catch it. (laughs) (laughs) Catch it in your teeth. It's a whole other story. Tell you what. Steve, thank you for coming on and joining us. And go to uh, noblemoto.com and check it out. That's Knoble, like Knoble. You should just be Noble, Noble Knoble. You got to make your leathers. I say Noble Knoble. I mean, my, my friends used to call me Steve Knievel when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it works out. That's perfect. I, I've been known to do a few daredevil activities in my life. But <laughs> Steve, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for doing what you do. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Teach yeah. him how to run the iron, Steve. I will do. Yeah, Teach and him how to run the irons. And and keep an eye out for an old dryer that you can <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> have in the shop. <laughs> you see it on the news. We blew up the east side of Cleveland with a dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it on Phil. Yeah, that's still. a good plan. Yeah, it'll make yeah. it. will make a story out of it. It's cool. Just find a tiki cup and break it on the ground. They'll know. <laughs> That'll be the evidence. <laughs> exactly. And a little drink umbrella. Well, cool. Well, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. Thank you again for joining okay. us. Thank you and for having me. Hopefully, we will hopefully see, I'll you. see you in Ohio someday. Exactly. You will. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you. All right. Bye. Have fun. Bye. So um, I thought it'd be a good opportunity, you guys, um, to get to know Rick a little bit better. Yeah. Rick, how you doing today? Oh, I ain't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, a game we usually play with Emma, but I thought we'd play it with you. We've been calling it Cool or Fool, but Emma's got a better name for it. Emma, what do you want to call this game now? What, wank or Spank? <laughs> yes. Wank or Spank. Uh, so as a reminder, okay. here's how we're going to play this Are game. We're going to see, we're going to see, <laughs> we're gonna see how the misfits, uh, how well they, not, we actually don't know Rick that well, but how well we can guess. Um, so I've got a list here and I'm going to pick each of you one at a time. We're going to go around and I will give you an, an item or a thing, a concept or whatever. And you're going to have to guess if Rick thinks that it's wank or spank. <laughs> Wait, no, which, which is the good one and which in the bad one? <laughs> yeah, because they're both kind of good. Open to interpretation. <laughs> so let's let's just go ahead and start with Emma because you've known Rick the yeah, longest. Yeah, I know Rick. Emma, yeah. this, this might be a no-brainer. Um, All right. What do you think Rick thinks about skeleton mirrors? You know, the ones that are the, the skeleton oh, hands? <laughs> skeleton oh, mirrors. What do you think God he thinks of those? Wank or spank? Let me tell you something about Rick. Rick, to a certain extent, learned his craft from Emma. And I know how Emma feels about extraneous <laughs> crap on a bike. And I'm guessing that he feels exactly the same way about just unwanted extraneous crap. So I'm going to say it is, let's call it spank. It's out of here. You hate them. 
I spank the mirror. Skull <laughs> <laughs> doodad is not my friend. Um, okay. I, I have enough trouble with keeping a gremlin bell on my okay <laughs> list sometimes. Uh, Rick, have you got a picture of your of your diner that you can kind of hold up against the camera? Because that bike is all business. It's super simple. You want to buy it? No. <laughs> you want to trade for it? No, I... Um, while you're yeah. looking, while you're looking that up, let's go on to the next one, okay? Yes. Um, bagel. What yes. do you think Rick thinks about LED underlighting on motorcycles? Mm. I'm gonna say spank. Mm. Rick, what do you think about LED underlighting? I they have been called chicken lights and lizard lights and all the good stuff, and I, I you can call them whatever you want. I still don't like them. Ah, oh, um, good right. call. Good you know, I'm all for LEDs and, and I'm all for extra and I'm all for being seen in safety. Um, I'm the first parts guy that blows it and tells people how cool stuff that does not make their bike go faster can be. Um, <laughs> you know, so to me, those things, it's just it's, it's extra shit. You know, what I've noticed that really sucks, I don't think a lot of people realize is in a service aspect. When you put all that extra shit under your tank with like 3M stick of tape. And you might not be thinking that maybe this tank needs to come off one day or maybe someone needs to work around it. You mm-hmm. just put a rat nest of shit in their way. And, and hours of extra labor when someone's oh, on it. Between those and the hot toppers, the little chrome doodads on the nuts everywhere, <laughs> like they look rad and they're super clean. But like sometimes when you take them off, they ain't going to make it back on either. Extra stuff gets a spank from Emma. <laughs> right. <laughs> and actually, I just remembered, Rick, Please forgive me. I want to put this in because otherwise I'll forget and it's important. And you are going to nod your head about this one. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, when you are bringing your bike in for a service, dear God, don't fill up the tank. Because it's. I'd rather have it empty and have to fill it up to go take a test ride. Yes. Right. Because I it's, put a quarter it's, gallon in. It. It's heavy. And if I've. If you're bringing your bike in for service, especially if it's a valve clearance service, and I'm a 60-year-old woman, if you've got five gallons in the tank, I'm struggling with it. So please bring your bike in for service with an empty tank. I will spank the empty tank, and I will spank the superfluous (laughs) mirrors, and I think... Ah, what was it ah, that we just spanked a as spanking, well? A spanking, a spanking. Right. what did we just spank? Uh, the uh, LED underlighting. Yeah, the yeah, LED. he's yeah. totally. Okay, how about this one, Jim? What do we got? Yeah. What do you think he thinks about yellow motorcycles? I'm looking at his beard right now. And I, I'm like looking at his beard and I'm trying to like get in well, his I know the, the answer to this. I know the answer. <laughs> Oh, yellow motorcycles. Oh, I don't know. I, I First, I still don't know what wank or spank means. But aside from that. Well, wank is good. Spank is not as good. Is naughty. Unless it's Tuesday. Oh. And then. <laughs> what do you think okay, he thinks of yellow motorcycles? I'm going to say normally he would be like, no, fuck color motorcycles. He's all black and fucking chrome and all that kind of shit but i i think he's got a fetish side i see the <laughs> yellow card heart i see the yellow card heart in his beanie right. right. and i think he has a yellow fetish Ooh. 
Rick, so I think, think he wanks the yellow. Yellow for the longest time for me was the color of cowardly things. <laughs> and I it always had a big no, 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 no. But um, I will say, however, buckskin or a tone in the tan world of yellow, those colors have totally grown on me too. A lot of the vintage Harley, like in I, the 30s, a lot of those deco, hmm. like well, that paint was bitching. Those colors were so neat. Yeah. You know, and you see a lot of those, like, it, it looks like single stage tractor paint. Great. Yes. Greens, you know, funny colors that we're not used to. You know, people joke <laughs> the old Nazi car colors, right? It's all the German stuff. But, like, you look oh, at old Porsches. Yeah. Oh, that color. And, you know, it's yeah. worth remembering that, you know, everybody who loves American V-twins, really their dream bike is a late 40s Indian, right? Chief. Yeah. Everyone loves late 40s Indian That's Chief. The yep. That's the classic? Yeah. But they came in the most vibrant colors. They oh, came shit. in yellows and turquoises and the, the most blue, vibrant red. blues. Yeah, oh, exactly. Our, my the owner of my shop just sold a a 1911 single pea shooter, and I think it's a it's a late 30s Scout that's that beautiful blue. It's yeah. that Ooh. Indian Ooh. color. Well, my nice. Facebook profile is me sitting on Chiefy. It looks four, like that bike, that color. Yeah. 48 exactly. chief in the blue. What you're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a uh, drips leather, leather tassels. You might even know who bought it. It, it was our friends of Thunder Roads up here. Oh, yeah. Gary and Mary. Oh, and, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yes, yes. Small and industry, cool small world. Shit. Yeah, they came in the shop one day and busted me for doing this podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> They went ahead and got a few and adopted them. And, yeah, we got some really cool vintage stuff they'll be hanging out with. Well, oh, I, that's fantastic. I just wanted to weigh in that um, a friend of mine had this bike, and I thought it was the ugliest stock Harley I've ever seen, and it was a yellow Sportster. And I just – Oh, yeah. This yeah. is just a horrible yellow. It doesn't work. It's a horrible yellow. I'm – no, yeah. and even if you had like black fenders and just a yellow tank, yeah. It's still so, so like I, I'm it's, with it's you. Like it's Hulk Hogan. Hogan. It's, it's, it's the color Hogan of that thing. It'd be bosses fuck. All right, let's, no, we want we want blue. We want this. There all right, you go. Let's do. Oh, that's uh, even more let's bossier. do another round. Emma, what do you think Rick thinks of truck nuts? What truck nuts? <laughs> What the testicles? That, <laughs> yeah, that high, off extra the... dangles for the truck bits. The... No, I think no. I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of almost an American tradition, and I mean, it's extraneous stuff, but it's not motorcycling; it's trucking. I think he approves. I think if if Rick was to drive a big old diesel <laughs> Dodge Ram, it'd be a giant <laughs> pair of polished chrome testicles hanging off the tow hitch. Wink all day long. There you wink, go. There you your go. Friend, wink there your neighbor. Call, wink your friend's neighbor. You know, <laughs> I bought a Suburban from Emma 14 years ago. <laughs> oh, God, with an 4 Wow. You know, the Clark Griswold of Suburbans. And believe it or not, that had some truck nuts on it. So you yes. nailed it, Emma. Great job. Yeah. All right. And um, you know... Yeah. I'd actually have truck nuts on the El Camino if it didn't ride so low because they'd be dragging on the ground. <laughs> All right. You Bagel. should put curb feelers on it, though. What yeah. do you think Rick thinks of a stretched Busa? Ooh. Ooh. Because that's not really Rick's wheelhouse. <clears throat> I know. So I don't think that there's any sort of, uh, like, 
insult that would be perceived with by doing that, but it's a ridiculous thing. But is it ridiculous, cool, or ridiculous, just ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> I'm going to say spank. I'm I'm with spank the spank too. Um, I appreciate the engineering. Like, yeah, that shit takes work. You know what I mean? You're yeah. aligning a chain that you've now effectively made like three <laughs> times longer. You know, right? I mean, are there six master links in there? How the shit do you pull that off? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, when done right, I get it. You're keeping the thing from turning into a pinwheel, flipping backwards. You know, but I'm gonna say spank. Not my fave. Not All my right. Fave. All right, Jim. Well, first, I'd like to suggest an offshoot of this game. Yeah. Because we do love game shows. We should have Rick, and then we should have Florida Rick. <laughs> They're pose the Rick? same questions. I like it. <laughs> I think Florida Rick's mixed. Hayabusa question may be slightly different. <laughs> there you anyway, go. You know, what were you, what were you Florida have a different opinion on the Hayabusa. <laughs> I get it. I get I've it. been there. I've seen it. Especially with LED lights. So, you all know, right. And Skull Man. Jim, what do you think Rick oh, thinks of Sons of Anarchy? Well, I think that's pretty easy. I think he should, he would, if it was, if it was Russia 300 years ago, he would hang the family publicly and then burn the chronicles of their history. So they would no longer remained as part of our existence. That'd be my guess. Except for that tramp step. Don't you have a tramp stamp? Tattoo? I'm sorry. Like, was that a, a, was that a, a wank or a spank? Oh, uh, Yes. I don't think he likes Sons of Anarchy. That I don't be... still get the wanky, spanky thing. Man. It's kind of the same to me. I like them both. The, the, the negative of the two I'm going to go with. Um, I, I watched every stinking episode. I totally gave it a whack. Hell yeah. Um, Did you whack it? I, you whacked it to the Sons. I gave it a whack. Shit yeah, dude. I'm not going to lie. And, um, <laughs> you know why? No. Because we've all watched Married with Children. And if you're not yeah. in love with Peggy Bundy, Peggy you're an oh. idiot. Like that, her and Fran Dreschler, but I don't need to go yeah. off of those. Um, okay. So that, so that's <laughs> but, a wank, wank. I, or no, I'm going to say a spank. Oh. You know. You can wake and spank the Fran. I think it created like an influx of the squid thing that might have been a little. Uh, you know, hey everybody, go buy them a dinosaur and put the T bars on tomorrow. You know, it kind of right. It did help. Know. It did help the meme industry though. Absolutely. All right. And boys need drama on television as well. And that seems like who it was shooting for. And um, as a side note, uh, not everybody knows this. Is, are there any fans of Future Armor here? Because yeah. um, she does the voice for Leela. That's right. That's why Leela, her voice is She so is Leela. I love, I love Leela. Yeah, well, that's... Um, oh, yeah. Let's, You're right, listening let's... to Paige Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do just one more round, one more pass of this. Emma. Yes. What does Rick think of canams? Canams? Canams. Are we what talking the... a spider yes, or a canam spider? Oh yeah, you see now there you go, canam spider. I think um I'm going to stick my neck out because all I can think of with Rick is what I think of them. And when I think of Canam Spiders, I think of Tyler, Tyler Risk. And she wouldn't be out there getting bugs in her teeth if they didn't exist. So they're okay. You nailed it. 
That's exactly perfect. Wink, wink, wink. Um, Three-wheeled things, I think, are important in the two-wheel world because some people just can't. Right, and um, our friend yeah. Tyler, who you don't know, she was in. She had um, an FZ1, I believe, big um, Yamaha. Yeah, a truck doing a turn basically ran her over and degloved both her legs. Yeah, so that's it. You know, she's sure. got no strength left in her legs. Yeah. But she still loves being out there and getting fucking bugs in her teeth. Gotta get her in the wind. Absolutely. We, there you we go. had somebody literally donate a motorcycle to the shop I work at recently. Um, it was this older lady that's been riding forever, and it's too heavy, and she can't do it anymore, and she just doesn't want to ride anymore. And I went and picked it up from her and shared some of the coolest stories, you know? Brought that thing back and thought to myself, like, that's the hardest part for me in my job. is the, it's I called it the hospice angle. Because it's you, you got people either aging out or aging right. into a three wheel thing, or, or you know, you have a change and it might not be something you want to do, you know, yeah. and that's always such a touchy, hard one. So, to me, if that's if all they need is a three wheel solution to keep having right. fun, yeah, all day long. All right, all right. So, Bagel, what do yeah. you think Rick thinks of the Honda Cub? Hmm. Very different from the uh, the big twin world, that's for sure. Just a um, little, but <laughs> but the fact that it has been so successful and so useful and so popular, I think you can't say that's anything but a wank. Totally, all day long, wank it hard. <laughs> uh, they're right. adorable and fun. And Emma, do you remember the Monterey Mini Bike Gang for a little yes. while? They're yes, they're still out there. They're yeah. still out there. Are they? <laughs> 110 yes. hop-up kits, ripping wheelies down Alvarado. Yeah, all the, yeah. You're having yes. so much fun on that. How could you not love it? Right. Nice. Um, yeah. It's, right it's, motorcycles have fun. That's just one more tool that does it. You know. I taught you well, Grasshopper. <laughs> I'm, everyone, I'm yes. Everyone has a place in this opera. Every <laughs> single person has a place in this opera. <laughs> all right, Jim, are you ready for yours? <clears throat> I so am. I'm torn between two. Which do I want to go with? This one or Ooh. I'm going to go with <laughs> trailer trailering your bike to a rally. Ooh, trailering yeah. your should you? Do you think it's? Do you think it's wank or spank taking your bike on a trailer to a rally? I judging by his beard again, he's going to say that spank is fuck taking your bike <laughs> fucking on a trailer unless you're going dirt biking um, or it's a bike you built and you're like, dude, my bike is really special. So I'm going to trailer it to this mm. thing and unload it and let people look at it. So if you're trailering your bike to a show because you're stoked on your bike, that's cool. If you're trailering your bike to go dirt biking, that's cool. If you're trailering your bike to Sturgis. I think he might say that she'd say he'd say you can eat a dick. <laughs> the dick be eaten. <laughs> the dick be eaten. <laughs> I mean, you you went through a couple of things that make sense too, though, like the bike that's like too perfect to ride. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say, you know, there's gonna be there's exceptions. custom bikes. Yeah, custom bikes get trailered there. There's there's Emma's art, not you know. gonna ride her trident up to up to the one show. Right, that's, but then I know, think about those January. cannonball dudes ripping on like early American singles mm-hmm. across the country, whether right. drive 14 miles an hour. Yeah, dude, but I'm like, you know, that guy rode. What's your excuse? 
you know exactly. <laughs> why would you build the bike if you can't ride it if That's you can ride thing. it it's always cooler you know the chopper world catches me on that one every now and then when i'm looking at something that i'm just like oh lord 57 foot long front end rigid and then i'm like <laughs> you know i saw a video that did ripping around on that thing though and if it works it works you can't knock it you know yeah but the trailer mm -hmm. thing, you know, unless your bike's broken, you're bringing it into the shop. I, but the dirt bike, you nailed it. If you got different turf and a different tool of a motorcycle, I mean, shit, the thing doesn't have a plate. Yeah, you're not going to ride it everywhere, you know? Well, and then you see dudes like a danger. Remember Danger Danimal? Mm -hmm. Right? And that dude rides his big-ass chopper all over the fucking place. So when you see people, totally. people that chopper all over the place, I love there's it. no room for excuses after that. It's like you, know, you roll your you shit up no and you chopper rate. hard foot clutch and hand jamming across the country in traffic san francisco <laughs> on the hills yeah you earned yeah. it a piece of plastic and some fucking bungee cords good can That's i can great. i share an embarrassing story back when i was riding a big twin um and i was part of a, a club of women riders who all rode harleys i of course had a yamaha roadstar because i discovered that it was a 1600 cc and all the Harleys were 1500. I'm like, oh, winning, right? <laughs> and um, uh, one of one of the women, um, we were talking about going to an event that was down on, uh, what's the last? Key West, Key West. And she had the Harley pickup truck. I had a trailer. Oh. We're like, of course. Oh, this is when I was in Atlanta, by the way. Okay. All right. And like, okay, yeah, we'll load up the trailer. We can take all of our stuff, go down there, party, have fun. And we get down there, and I've never been to Key West. We unload the bikes, and I do a lap around the island, and then I do another lap around the island, and it's only been 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> Can't believe we just trailered our bikes there. to Key West to do five-minute laps around the island. I shaved my legs for this. Yeah. Well, that's when you that's when you immediately ride back to Miami and pick up an eight ball. Hey, there's always plan ball. Yeah. Well, plan ball. There you guys go. Now we, we learned a little bit more about Rick and what kind of a guy he, he is. And I'm sensible, thanks to Emma. <laughs> She's trained Rick is you a well. solid cat. Oh, I got a question. I don't think we've asked Rick. What's his UTB? Oh, oh, UTBB. Whatever it is. I just can't say, I can't say the word. His urinary track bike or his up the butt? Yes. Yeah. It makes me feel awkward. Don't make me say it. UTBB. My question. What is your up the butt bike? My up the butt bike, because I thought about this as a listener many years Mine is right behind me. That Harley right there. You didn't think Eliza at the same time. That's mine. Yeah. That's right. We had the man to talk about it too the yeah, other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go back and, you know, I'm going to pick another Eric Buell bike, Ooh. the FXRD, well, the Grand Touring right. Edition of the FXR that was one. There's um, a couple of years and a couple of colorways that drive me pretty wild. Not yellow. Nope, not yellow. There's one that's a maroon and gray. That thing's super awesome. And there's another mm -hmm. one that's a gray and like a deep blue. And those were ones that came with the side hard shell, the clamshell bags. You had the top pack in the back. You had the lowers. You had the whole full fairing, the stereo, the Cheeto holder. You know, it was that thing was meant to put the woolly seat on and Hold ride on. to the moon. What is a Cheeto holder? You know, just two dads, tchotchkes. You got <laughs> your, you know, your Starbucks container device on there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all your stuff. But this thing was made to be the couch 
But the thing that was funny was Eric Buell designing it. You had the couch that ripped. It stopped. It handled. You know, we were putting Evos in those things. You could put a bolt-in cam in that thing with a Makuni, and it just jumps. Wants to have so all was the that fun. was was that the Eric uh, suspension, like the frame and suspension? And that was so the triangulate. Yeah, the whole design and the mm-hmm. way that the motor was mounted in it too, keeping it from laterally moving, as I was understood, was the thing. So on a dyno on a twin cam, you know that rear mount on the transmission is grabbing your swing arm. So if you have a totally clapped out motor mount and the bike up on a lift, you and you take the top motor mount out, you can actually grab the top of the motor and go back and forth, and the whole rear wheel's flopping around like this. So people wow. talk about the death wobble. That's like a great way to wrap your head. Like uh, Steve was talking about with the classes and stuff. You know, that'd be one where it's like, oh, hey, this is what your motor mounts do. They stop this shit, you know. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so Eric basically figured out a way to keep the lateral movement from happening. So now when you're in a turn and your gyroscopes are doing this thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't start wanting to walk and do all this weird shit. So my up the butt bike would be, yeah, the big touring couch that our friend Eric Buell designed. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Good. absolutely. Well, um, I think we have time for a couple emails. Bagel, I emailed you one, if you could get that ready, and I'll read one right here. Because right. we have somebody who needs some help. Um, and this is pretty broad, so I think we're all going to have to help out here. So this is from our friend Jim. Uh, and he says, hi, I'm 52 and have owned many motorcycles in my life, from dirt bikes to cruisers. They've all been Hondas or Yamahas and have all been great. My buddies mostly ride metric, too. Well, I'm in between bikes in the moment and want to buy a cruiser or tour for my wife and I'd put some two up miles on. The main contenders range from the new Rebel 1100 to the redesigned Goldwing or maybe even an Indian Scout. But these days, the bikes I love, the aesthetics of are Harleys, especially the 114 Road King and Heritage Softail. The problem is I'm nervous about their quality and power to weight ratio. I've never ridden a Harley in my life, but they look and sound beautiful. I don't trust advice on the internet. People are either in the Harley click or they're not, but I do trust you guys. So advice is appreciated. He says, also, I love the podcast. Got hooked after seeing you guys on Ride with Norman Reedus. Yay, another one. Cha-ching. So that's quite a broad range, especially when you're talking between a Goldwing and a Rebel 1100. Right. And a scout, yeah. which is not and a scout, which okay. is not a good two-up bike. Let's let's deal with the scout and the the rebel first. The mm-hmm. scout's not going to be big enough for you and your wife, right. as yeah. is the rebel eleven hundred. I still think that the rebel platform is quite small, and I think if you kit it out, even as an eleven hundred, you're going to find it quite snug. Even the Scout, I, I can tell you, we can put mm-hmm. a seat on it. We'll put the rear pegs on it. We'll do the thing. It's still the same sized platform. It's snug, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the Goldwing. That's a different know, Yeah. I mean, the... that's all the bells and whistles, especially yeah. with the newer ones that you're going to get DCT. Like right. it's, it's all the things. It, did I mean, you hear it's, about weight? Was that a thing too, though? Yeah. It's, it's kind of everything, isn't it? Yeah. If weight's going to be a concern, I'm almost thinking, you know, maybe we've got such a big spectrum here. That Goldwing's going to be a heavy bird, right? But if right. you're going to do long distance riding, right? That's I think your... that's the best one. It depends on the kind of yeah. riding you're doing. Truly but the best for what, long distance. I tell you what, every time I've had a late model Harley on my bench and I've taken it out for a spin afterwards, 
I'm always tickled about how well they ride. I think that I, I think I was hearing he was saying new Harleys too. Yes, right? exactly. Well, I'm thinking I, there's a zoom out and back up a little bit. There might be a lo- something in the pre-owned market that might fit your bill. Without well, like in the, the in about the, like the 10, 10, 12 gram well, money. Well, here's the thing. And he's saying, he said, like Road King or Heritage Softail. If you truly want a bike that will make your wife happy, backrest and armrests. Yeah. I'm telling you. Well, Indian's got the Roadmaster too. So, you know, yep. we heard about Scout, but we left out Big all the other freaking hey, bike. I rode the Roadmaster cross country yeah. last year and Oh, red. So, would you loved think? it? So, the handling on that thing tripped me out yeah. coming from Harley yeah. World. I was like, "Wait, what's the rake? I don't get it. It just turns and works, and it's awesome." And you know what? And I can tell you for a fact that the back seat on that is quite comfortable. I know this cuz I would put it on cruise control and then I'd hop onto the back. <laughs> And read a nice so, novel. <laughs> and I'd freak so, people out just cruising down the freeway. With no so driver. here's the thing, Jim. We've picked out the bike for you, and it is the uh, Indian Chieftain with all the bells and whistles. Um, where is Jim? Does he say uh, where he is? Oh, this uh, Jim, he does not say where he is. Find your local Indian dealer. They're usually very, very accommodating. They've usually got yeah. a demonstrator. You're not um, going to get the Harley turned up nose. You got to have a beard to buy one crowd. The Indian right. world, so there's so much of that market that we're getting new to and used to and getting into <laughs> that you're going to walk in from any walk of life and they're going to treat you like a just normal. So, that, and one uh, thing, I'll, the best thing I think about that motorcycle riding an Indian chieftain dark horse in Las Vegas is the. Uh, the sound system, the volume goes up to 11. <laughs> well, it goes up to 11. <laughs> you know, it's the little things that count. But there's a lot of different models in between there. I think you nailed it. Right. You know, the Roadmasters, you're fully dressed out with the top box. The Roadmasters are bitching. Yeah, I'd be looking at those Roadmasters. The like, Challenger. Like I mean, oh, yeah. if you want to make Harley guys mad, that fixed fairing bike that they're doing, the Challenger. Right. Oh. oh that thing. You know, Trouble. but I tell you what, just to play devil's advocate, you know, yeah. Harley have been making the Heritage Softail forever. It's yeah. an eminently likable bike, and it's yeah. not a heavy bike. No, it's no. actually and the redesign in the frame and the newer style ones. I don't think a two up all day long is a big deal at all. I think you're right. I I think if he was to get into like an early two thousands Heritage Softail or even a late nineties one, and they're so tempting because you can find them on Craigslist I... for like five I... six grand, and you think. But, you know, that would be a bit of a stretch touring with your wife. But yeah, and you as you say, Rick. Kept, you know, that's the other and, thing. Deferred maintenance is right. my favorite term to throw around the shop. Yeah. You know, um, when we're dealing with the American V-Twin stuff, a lot of people love them, ride them, and park them. And the last thing you want to do is park the thing, you know. Right. Um, a yeah. lot of dealerships have pre-owned bikes they rip through, too, which is kind of neat. You know, you get an opportunity to ride a bunch of different crap. You know, and be like, that's cool. That sucks. That's cool. You know. Well, and, and even uh, Road King or Heritage Softail, they'll yeah. both, you can get them with that li- the little backrest. And even just the backrest little backrest totally. makes a world of difference for a passenger. You don't have to have the whole big rear case and armrests and, and you sounds, know, all that. I mean, maybe it sounds like, I mean, I don't know where he's calling but it right I'm gonna, now. But I'm going to throw out another suggestion. Yeah. Get any of these bikes. And then get a Corbin seat that is mind. heated. The heated cool. Corbin seat. Corbin seat. Yeah. You oh, will cool. make your wife 
happy. Yes. Well, and the other thing about the Corbin seats is, yeah, they have the heating, cooling, all the other cool and stuff. And a little backrest on it. Backrests. That's the key. Yeah, if you're looking to go, you know, yeah. two up, is Ooh, they have backrests that are are bombs. So yeah, if you look at the Corbin seat for whichever bike, you'll be in good shape. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, the, the bike doesn't matter as much, but if you really want to keep your wife happy, uh, a little perk you can throw in is make it heated, and and it has to have a backrest. You're right. That's the thing I heard before anything was two up, touring, having fun. You know, and yeah, you're not going to do it without a good feeling seat at yeah. all. I all think right. maybe find somewhere that's got some used bikes. I always dig that kind of thing too. You know, some places have a bunch of trade-ins outside, and you're like, where are all these orphans and misfits at the Honda dealership? You know, well, those people right. are more than glad to let you check them out, sit on them, fart on them, squeeze them. You know, hey, and, and don't cool. don't rule out because he's he's been a metric guy. Don't rule yeah. out the Metro Cruisers, the Vulcans, totally. the the Stars, or whatever they're called now. Um, oh, the V Star, yeah, that V Star. Some of those line big Vulcans are really cool, great bikes. Yeah, that thing. And you can get all the same comforts on there. So, don't rule those out. You got a lot of options. Just start hopping on them. Make sure it's got a good, comfortable seat for your wife. That's my advice. And if you don't like it, sell it and get a different one. Right. <laughs> well, as I said, just it. just, just get a new him. seat. Um, Just get something. So, Bagel, you got an email there to read? Yes, I do. I have an email from John. All right. John. And John says, good afternoon, Misfits. Thank you so much. The advice provided on the show is for more than just motorcycles. Recently, we had a pretty bad windstorm up here in the Pacific Northwest. It knocked out power to over half a million people. We were one of them. Now, I've torn a a few bikes apart since I started listening to your podcast. Some went back together and worked. Sometimes not. <laughs> I've, got, I've got an old two-stroke Yamaha that's driving me nuts. <clears throat> but I always learn something new, and it's fun, too. With the recent windstorm, I wasn't worried because we have a trusty Honda generator. I typically run it once a year in the summer just to make sure everything is good. But this time, when we needed it, it wouldn't start. Oh, I, went, dear. I went through all the normal items you talk about on your, on your show, spark, fuel, air, and compression. Yeah. I'd never pulled a generator apart, but it, but off I went. The fuel was new as it was donated by my motorcycle. The air filter was clean. The plug was a tad dirty though. Time to pull out the carb cleaner. Spraying a bit of carb cleaner into the carb and the generator sputtered a bit, then stopped. This was good as it meant it had spark and compression. Yeah. Air and compression were okay. Yeah, that led me to fuel delivery. Something somewhere it wasn't working. The fuel pipe from the tank from the tank dribbling. So it, uh, oh, you're cutting out. It must be carb. The carb yes. Carb it. Figured where all this. Oh, you're cutting out, oh. bagel. Let me fill in. Uh, started the disassembly. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. And uh, started the disassembly, and sure enough. The main jet, the one from the float bowl, was clogged. There you go. Cleaned that sucker out, put it all back together, and she started first pull. Yeah. You win. (laughs) You guys were in my head the whole time, too. Do it. That's just great. Do it. Miss Emma telling me I can do it. Liza telling me to get the manual. (laughs) And Mike saying, just fucking do it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) What's it going to do? Break more? Come on. Right, exactly. Thank you for all the hard work and dedication to the show. Sure, meeting every weekend is fun and working bikes is cool, but dedicating every week to the podcast and video is very much appreciated. 
then spending all the time editing and publishing. Thanks, Liza. You're welcome. And thank you for all the great info. And uh, John also has a postscript. He says, by the way, I emailed a few years ago and you read it on the podcast. My daughter and I were looking for a scooter, but didn't know where to start. You gave us great advice, but it went in a different, it went different than planned. We got lucky. A friend of the family gave us a 2006 Aprilia SR50 scooter. It had been sitting in the garage for easily 11 years. They just got tired of riding it. So with a bit of work, we got it running and she purrs like a kitten. Killer. Now my daughter just needs to get her license. We are in Washington state. You don't need a motorcycle endorsement for a 50cc scooter in Washington state, just a license. But I told her that before she rides, she will attend the basic rider course. Very smart. Funny, she passed both the written exams and both skills tests to get her endorsement. But she hasn't even gotten her license to put the endorsement on. Come on, kid. (laughs) Tell us who she is. We need a name. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to collectively knock on her door and drag her to the DMV and make this happen. Yeah, Rick, well, that's you know. gonna be you. You're closer to her. Oh no, wait, Bagel's closer. Well, <laughs> Jake did the same you thing, there, Bagel. Yeah, right. Well, you Jake know, did like, all that shit. Yeah. Got a permit like, and then never like, got a license. Yeah, like many <laughs> oh. passionate motorcyclists, they love to ride dirty. So you know how it is. But this is true. I love hearing that he was able to apply the same knowledge to fix a generator. Uh, one of my yes. proudest moments was uh, when John Dalton had spent you know a lot of time here learning to work on bikes, and then he moved away. And he sent me a message, let it let me know that like his neighbor's uh, Volkswagen bug wouldn't start. And he went, wait a minute, I think I can do this. And he applied yep. everything he learned here in the garage and helped them get the the, the car running. Bada bing, and he bada just boom. had that aha moment. Like, wait, I think That's I have cool. the skills. Yep. Yeah, that is, squeeze very cool. that is very cool. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. remember, you guys, I said earlier that Emma and I went for a little ride today. Yeah. I got I got some uh, video evidence of it. Oh, Let's really? See. Let's see. Oh, does it involve dim sum? Let's see. Can you see it? Uh, wait. Oh, here we go. There we go. <laughs> okay. Us two up and a dog. <laughs> and a leash. Two up and a chihuahua. Little, little was so happy. We, we reopened the garage. She was waiting at the gate and so excited oh, to come over I and, and spend the day with us again. She likes tacos, It's nice too. having a shop chihuahua. Yeah, I bet she missed everybody. Plus, she cleans up all the raccoon poop. You know, oh, no. why yeah. dogs have to do that? <laughs> like, we have chickens, and I have a pit bull that's a beautiful young man that's nine years old and 85 pounds, and then this little shepherd dum-dum. Scooby And we feed them such good food. Yeah, they but they prefer kitty roca. Be- but apparently chicken shit's where it's at. Because cleanliness is next to dogliness. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I was going to say, I wasn't going where I thought it was. Because well, they nasty. And then they want to kiss me on the mouth. Yes. Well, of course they do. <laughs> you so, know? Um, I wanted to give a quick plug. Um, it was great having Steve on, and you know how much we love everything that's going on in the whole Cleveland scene. You got, you know, yeah. Cleveland Moto, you got Phil, you got... Um, uh, Skidmark Garage, you got MotoGo, we mentioned them. And I just want to mention one more thing that comes out of there. Um, and that is the Moto Stories that uh, Sleepy yes. Cinch is doing with Phil. Um, and their recent one, they went over to the Porco Lounge. 
yes, that they did. we've been to. I think that might have been the last time I got drunk was at the Porco Lounge like four <laughs> years ago. Um, and Why would you stop? I'm going to stop you there, Liza. What? what? I had three sips. You... That's all it took. You I was going to say, right? I can't imagine you drunk. Was anyone with you? Knock oh. was there. Ooh. So the only person who can actually describe what you're like drunk is not on the podcast tonight. Yes. Do we need a phone, no friend? No, no, no. I've, I've, I've seen her try. I've seen no, her try. I, I, literally, I'm okay. not kidding. It's about three sips in and I start to feel a little woozy. That I wow. don't get I mean, very I, far in. I think you and uh, you describe me and Jim as highly functional career drinkers when we were at Cleveland because oh, yeah. we were, <laughs> we, well, we were on the crawled, gin at breakfast time and we were crawled quite... you crawled from under that bus at dawn and immediately huh? chugged gin <laughs> well and juice I still have no words I still have no words like I there's a picture of you with a bottle Chug on Rick, we thought she was dead. We really you we, guys, we had on. to poke you her. You think she makes it this long and dies? No, <laughs> she sleeps like the dead, I'm telling you. And well, not just that, but like, wait, where does Emma go? Because she wasn't in the prepared bunk for sleeping. No, she literally <laughs> crawled underneath the school bus and it was just like That's feet sticking out like the <laughs> wicked witch. Of the east, and and <laughs> like was just looked the... dead. She looked dead. I expect she... no different. She no. went after we poked that... her with the stick. Yes, we she did. She came out from under that bus like the Lion of Zion. <laughs> we walked and got a cup of coffee, and we rolled. We farted around on motorbikes for the next twenty-four hours. Oh, it's every, like for three days in a row. Yeah, Rick, I would I, explain Rick, my life. No different. I hope you'll come join us sometime at Vintage. I Games. absolutely must at this oh, point. Yes. I it is so no excellent. different. But oh, hey, just uh, go check out Moto Stories on YouTube. Uh, Unky Phil and his Moto Stories are doing a lot of really cool stuff there. Uh, anyone else have ones. any last minute plugs they want to share? No? Crickets? Crickets? Okay. Well, oh. um, I think it's time to wrap it up and give a big thanks you guys, we made it. Uh, we started a new year. We're in 2021. It's so weird. I haven't even really looked into what bikes are coming out. Um, oh, yeah, uh, the weird. the Dakar happened. I like halfway through. The I'm Dakar, like, holy shit, right? this is we happening. About the Dakar. I was following yeah. following the Dakar, getting my updates. Yeah. Um, uh, that was crazy. I mean, it seems like everything is going so fast that I I'm not like catching Motocross up with things that is weekend. happening. Supercross is back. There's so Supercross. much to catch up on. Um, I think that. We need to kind of get our heads back into just two wheels and and start talking more about all the stuff that's going on because I'm just yeah. Like, well, well, we used to we used to go to it. We used to like hop on the bikes and ride 300 yeah. miles and go to it. Remember events? Done that in a year. Maybe we used to do that. Go to Pomona. Oh, yeah, bike shows. Those were cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. Wait, wait, Liza. You and me. We need to do another. Um, Los Angeles ride. Yeah, well, soon. not right now. I ain't going to LA right now. No, 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 no. no. Right but when, 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 uh-huh. when, when we can do another high speed run down to LA and back. Yeah, yeah, that Ooh, would be fun. I like it. Cannonball, Rick's in. Let's oh, do it. Provide <laughs> me one of those turbo bikes you got there, Emma. Let's play. <laughs> I, yeah. got, I got the turbo. 
Yeah, oh, she she's right. got she's got the CX Turbo. Oh, it's not, well. Whatever happened to Tubbo, as it were? Oh, well, she's got well, a Turbo. Tubbo, it's Tubbo. not it's not running. Mine's running. Oh, well, Tubbo's only good for what forty miles on the tank. <laughs> well, yeah, Tubbo has got no probably right. twenty. Tubbo's got a one oh, gallon fuel cell. Artillery <laughs> fuel cell. He'll probably I've got get me idea. across the parking lot. Get me a Camelback <laughs> of petrol. <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest, Rick. If you want to ride any of our bikes down LA, you're gonna uh, riding one of uh, Bagel's uh, scooters is actually the best thing. I'm not scared. No, it's not. No, it's not about being scared. He's got scooter set up for the Cannonball. What's how many miles right. could you go on that one? Uh, with the spare tank, I could go about 300 miles on the, on uh, one. Oh, you're up. killing it! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. No. Wait, yeah. do your tires get excessively hot being that small? I'm not trying to be a dick. This is a genuine yeah. question. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta you have to calculate in. Uh, there will be extra wear, and yeah. uh, you might need to put a couple extra pounds in there with the extra gear and stuff you're I, carrying. But yeah. it's super comfortable, especially when you put on the skirt. I yes. think. Um, I think it actually caught you out, Bagel, because you went from having a small amount of tread to torn all the way through the canvas. Oh in yes, a very short amount of time, and that's yep. a legacy of having little wheels spinning very, very. I was going to say, being able to go three hundred miles is probably not what those wheels have ever done. Well, they were not designed for that, um, <laughs> but that was that was also the 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 result of me not checking the tire um, carefully oh, throughout the day, knowing it was that low in the in the first place, and that I was planning to replace it that night anyway. <laughs> and and just myself. to give you an idea for anyone who thinks that scooters are slow. When we were doing cross country, I had kind of leapfrog ahead of him and I was at a rest stop waiting for him to come and I'm ready to jump on my bike. As soon as I saw him, I saw him come and I throw my helmet on, throw, get on the bike, start it. I take off. He's now passing me. I get on and I'm on a 990, you know, a KTM. It took me yep. 45 minutes to catch up to him. <laughs> I was hauling. Because he was hauling ass. And like he's doing, I realized like, wait, I'm doing like, 90 miles an hour and he's doing 80 miles an hour. I'm only gaining 10 miles every hour. And it was right? like, he got like two miles down the road or... ahead of me before I pulled out. I'm like, shit, this is going to take a while. What yeah, kind of scooter are we favorite. talking bagel? What's your setup for that cannonball? This is my Vespa GTS 250. Okay. Rad. Yeah. They, they also make a GTS 300, which will, which will do it as well. Yeah. I'm just saying. What year is it? Little, uh, mine's a 2007. Okay. Rad. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, yeah, even he's, even he's smaller capacity scooters. Really, that topper got me bonered up this morning. I was <laughs> right. I was sitting on the toilet and it, I'm looking at all my panhead crap as usual, and it's Harley <laughs> Topper. I'm like, I know exactly what that is. You yep. know, well, I, I would not recommend that for a cannonball. Well, you know what? <laughs> Why don't we? Can I give you guys? Can I give everyone an assignment? Yes. Well, how Does about it involve how grinder? about next week? I would like to have a Misfits history hole because I think everybody can bring something. Why don't we talk about the topper? Because I we've been mentioning it. I bet you people don't know what it is. Hmm. And I bet you Bagel knows about it. Emma knows about it. Rick knows about it. There's a whole American. Jim will learn about it. Culture booming. Yeah, let's party. Yeah, because America. Let's do a Misfits history hole. Let's all bring something something to the table. Because America. Because America. (laughs) Because America. And we're going to focus on the scooters because that's the part that I'm really excited about today. Right. That's that's what made America great. America. <laughs> all right. On that note, we're, we're spinning out of control. <laughs> Thank you to all of our listeners for making it this far. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers, especially. 
Um, I need to look at our calendar and let's do another, uh, invite the Patreon peoples to come join us on the zoom chat. That'll be fun. I always enjoy those. We got such cool misfits out there. And, um, thank you to, you know, to you misfits for joining me every week and having fun with this because I'm having fun too. On that note, um, I'm giving up on the whole, um, saying our names in alphabetical order because, (laughs) This is uh, no, we never could do it. No, we it never do it. works. I don't know. No, we I don't could do know. it. Okay, are you guys ready to try it? Okay, on that note, no. let's get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This, this is Liza, Bagel, and a darling Rick. And blue is my favorite topper <laughs> color. This is Naked Jim. Ah. <laughs> and we are out of here. Oh, oh, cool. Cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs>